And just like that, we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. June 14th today, beautiful Monday, summer full swing. We are here. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Generous United. All right? We got to talk. You know, we got to sit down. We got to talk, myself and you, the listener. Canada doesn't really have a plan for affordable prescription drugs to be distributed throughout Canada. Generous United is the plan. Generous United is the future. Okay, their goal is to make sure that you can afford prescription drugs so they are affordable for you, a loved one, a family member. It doesn't matter. Okay, a pharmacist, someone in your community who is dedicated to making sure you are living a healthier life and Generous United are going to come together to make sure that you receive an attentive personalized service while you save money on your prescription drugs. Head on over to generousunited.ca, that's G-E-N-R-U-S, united.ca, and take a look at some of their products, offerings, and see if there's anything that can benefit you or, like I said, a loved one, okay? So that's generousunited.ca, G-E-N-R-U-S, United. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. This past weekend was beautiful down in the city of Bridgewater, Nova Scotia. I played, uh, what did I play? I played two rounds down there uh, Friday and Saturday with my buddies. Unbelievable fairways. The greens were a perfect speed. The clubhouse was amazing. Coming off the 18th hole, looking over the entire golf course, seeing the sun go down. It was one of the best weekends of the summer, even though I know the summer is just getting started. But nonetheless, it was unbelievable. It was a great way, I guess you could say, to start off the summer with a little trip with me and the fellas. Uh, Osprey Ridge, I'm telling you right now, it is one of the hidden secrets here in Nova Scotia. Go check them out on their, online excuse me, and call them, make a reservation, tell them High Button Sports sent you, and I tell you right now, you will not be disappointed. And you might see us there. We're there probably every weekend, me and the fellas and, you know, whoever else uh, decides to join. So, you know, head on over to Osprey Ridge, great club, Graham Cook design course as well, uh, and it's family-owned, so you know they take pride in the course and, and the, the, the upkeep is, is second to none, second to none, I tell you. Uh, so, yeah, Osprey Ridge, sponsor, the High Button Podcast. Boom. And if you guys could also do me one quick favor, give us a rating uh, and a comment about the High Button Podcast. Head on over to iTunes, click click excuse me, the app or go on your computer. Uh, just type in iTunes, uh, the High Button Podcast. Give us a five-star rating, four-star rating. You know, if, if you want to give us a three-star rating, go for it. I'm not going to be mad at you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it, but, if, you know, whatever, whatever. If you, want, if, if you think it's a three-star podcast, two, one-star, you know, you, you, you be honest. I'm not going to tell you to lie. But it's little things like that that uh, allow this company to grow without you reaching into your wallet, giving us any money. All you got to do is go over, give us a star rating, uh, leave us a little comment. And the next thing you know, High Button Sports is one of the best podcasts in the world. We're getting there. We're climbing. I see those downloads go up every uh, week. So I appreciate everyone listening, downloading, sharing, uh, just talking about it. Word of mouth always helps. But uh, like I said, head on over to the iTunes app. Leave us a comment. Leave us a star rating. That would be that would be appreciated. I appreciate that. Thank you. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Pat Busby. Pat is one of the top trainers here in Nova Scotia who is training professional hockey players, junior hockey players, and other sports as well. We've had uh, we've had Pat on the podcast, I think, yeah, once, and I think it was about two years ago. This was back in my parents' basement. Uh, and time has gone by for sure. I remember he was training Drake Batherson when he was in junior, maybe, and now he's in the NHL. You know, you look at guys like Luke Green, who just got drafted to Winnipeg at the time, now a solid professional hockey player. Uh, Mike O'Leary, Brennan Sonia. Yeah, yeah, the list goes on and on of who Pat has been training in the offseason here in Halifax. And you know he's good when there's people that live in other parts of the province but will come right here to the HRM just to train with him uh, in his gym uh, here, in, like I said, in Halifax. So it's great to have Pat on the podcast. I'm excited to talk to him. He His job is essentially to motivate other people, but I want to know what motivates him. I want to know what motivates this guy to go to the gym, the gym every day and push these professional athletes uh, to become better people and to become better athletes. So it's going to be a great episode. We're talking to Pat. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. 
All right, Pat, we are going. How's life? Uh, life's good. Yeah? Yeah, keeping busy. Are you just saying that or life's actually good? No, life's actually good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's been uh, definitely some some ups and downs, but I mean, I think that's the same way for everybody, right? So, yeah. Um, just kind of battling through, but uh, things are on the way up, I think, for not only me, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of people in the province, yeah. so, yeah. It's interesting how, like, you know, throughout the week, I'll be in the studio, I'll be working, I won't be really outside doing things, but... When the weekend rolls around, like, you know, I was just out in Bridgewater and I was at a couple golf courses and you start to, you not linger, but you just start to look at your surroundings a little bit more and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That guy's over there. He's not wearing a mask and he's doing this. And that's, that seems a little bit normal. And like, yeah. you just start, you start to see in society things starting to come back normal yeah, it's like, coming. bit by bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It gives you some hope anyway. Yeah. It definitely gives you hope. Yeah. It definitely gives you hope. But I just hope once everyone's vaccinated that the, the, everyone's just like, all right, let's go. Everything's back to normal. Let's have fun. Let's go. Everything's yeah. good. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So uh, the the gym industry, how was that through all this? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a battle for um, everybody in the industry, right? I mean, a yeah. little easier if you're smaller, more independent to kind of make things work. And, you know, it's a little easier to adapt if you're, uh, you know, a sole proprietor or somebody who has a, a really small business. Um, but the bigger gyms, uh, are definitely, you know, I mean, been closed for most the better part of the past year. Right. So, um, yeah, good thing is a lot of those bigger gyms, I mean, they're, they're probably, they're going to be all right because they got, they got deep pockets, but, uh, a lot of the smaller guys, you know, have had to adapt in one way or another to, to stay afloat. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a battle, but, um, for myself, um, Luckily, we've, you know, weather outside's been pretty good, and yeah. um, you just you find ways to make it work. I guess you just got to be flexible doing stuff online and doing stuff outside and yeah. making it work. But that's one yeah. thing I, n- I never really enjoyed during this was the Zoom podcast. And there was a couple times and I did online workouts, and I hated those too. Yeah. Did you do the online workouts uh, or did you try to? Yeah, we 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 did. I did quite a bit. Did uh, you just through Zoom and. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough, man. Like uh, the Zoom stuff is, I don't know. For me, it, it's hard to feel like you're really. It's hard to coach, first of all, when you're not making eye contact and uh, giving visual cues to people. And um, you know, some people maybe if you're doing a group setting, don't have their cameras on, and uh, you, you just have no yeah. idea what's going on, right? Yeah. They could be in the yeah. in the kitchen making a sandwich, and you don't you don't know, right? So, meanwhile, you're there trying to figure out what they're. You know, how long the rest time should be and all these uh, variables that you have no idea what's going on. There's no, sometimes no audio and no visual and you're just, it's, it feels like you're just talking to a, yeah. you know, a blank screen. And yeah, so those, those aren't the most fun, but uh, most of the guys would, would turn their cameras on and uh, would, we'd find ways to kind of make it work. And at the end of the day, like we, I had a couple of groups that would do like three or four Zoom sessions a week and. Wow. Um, they, they said they were looking forward to getting back in the gym because the, the Zoom sessions were, were harder than the actual, you know, going to Citadel Hill or doing some other stuff. So some of them were, were uh, thankful that the Zoom stuff was over, not just to see, not just to do stuff in person, but yeah. I, apparently they were really hard. And I don't know, right? It's hard for me to pick up on how hard they're breathing and shaking and all this stuff yeah. when, it's, when it's on Zoom, right? And I'm just, they're probably half dead. And I'm just like, all right, you know, next set, let's yeah. go. And it's hard to really... Uh, get a lot of feedback from them yeah. when it's over a camera, right? So. I'm guilty of it too. There was a couple of times where I did the workout online and they're like, all right, we're going to do some crunches, everyone on the floor. <laughs> but the lap, the laptop is like up on the, the island in the kitchen. Yeah. So you can't see me. And you're just like, keeping it there and while I'm you're just, on the floor, just recovering. <laughs> I'm just yeah. laying there for a couple of minutes, just like resting yeah. it out. But no, it's, uh, you know, everyone had to adapt to all this. I, you know, I'm done saying it. Like, yeah adapt 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 that's been the word of the year you got to adapt to everything but it is like i said it is nice that things are getting back to normal and especially the the workout aspect of i like working outside working out outside that was one thing that was really tough for me was working out in the kitchen not the best fresh air yeah down here i got this bike and it's nice but you know I, i i enjoy being outside and that's one thing i think with your workouts you guys are outside you like to shake it up a bit you're not in a gym doing chest five days of the week you're outside lifting tires on a beach just doing something yeah. i know you, you were like golfing with the boys the other day yeah yeah i mean there's yeah i wouldn't consider the golf portion of a, a tough workout but um yeah between you know using some of the hills some sand um there's a lot of ways you know to keep it interesting um and and effective right so 
we just kind of treated it as like, look, this is an opportunity to work on some of the things that when you're outside, you might, uh, might benefit from. And then yeah. when we go inside, uh, which, you know, will be happening, uh, it's, we get back to going into, you know, the heavier weights and everything like that. And kind of, uh, it's in a way it's good because the change, uh, can really benefit the body. And if we go from not lifting weights to for three months and then go into the gym and start lifting, you're going to see really good adaptations in the body. So, you know, it's, it's all about, um, keeping the right attitude and, uh, understanding that it might not be perfect, but at the end of the day, showing up and putting in the work, uh, is probably 95% of, you know, really what we got to do. So, um, yeah, the, the modalities that we use to get there can change and people get a little too hung up sometimes on, I think like, you know, having the best equipment or the perfect equipment where at the end of the day, it's, you know, if you're showing up and willing to work, that's probably most of what you need. Right. Uh, and then if you're a professional athlete, like sure. Yeah. There's some specific tools and stuff like that, that are, you're definitely going to benefit from, but, Mm. um, for probably most of the population, just putting in the work one way or another is, is, uh, 90% of it showing up. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Sons the other day and he was talking about like how he had a, a workout regiment from Philly. And then I was thinking of what you do. I was like, well, this guy must be getting workout. Is that regimen? Is that the word? Like, is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Regimen. Yeah. So you're getting workout regimens from different teams, but yet you're training, you know, it seems like those pro guys are all in one group. You have a different group and you have another different group. But I was just wondering, how do you look at all these? Are, are you looking at the regimens? Are you from the teams? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's 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 uh it's a tough job for for those strength coaches at a professional level because uh for a professional sports team because yeah. um like for someone like me and Sons like I I've have I have history of probably uh like four-ish years on him yeah. that uh, a strength coach in Lehigh probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Um so a lot of the times I think the fear of those, you know, if it's someone from the Ottawa Senators or or uh you know, an AHL team, uh, anything like that. I think, um, I, I think the fear is that they're going to go home and train with somebody who maybe doesn't know what they're doing. Maybe they're working with a trainer that, you know, is not, not the best trainer. Yeah. Um, so they want to make sure that, you know, the athletes in the summer are covered and they're, they're working with somebody who has an idea of what they're doing. But at the end of the day, if it's a qualified trainer working with one of these guys in the summer, um, like myself, and there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones in the city, um, they're generally going to want someone like me to kind of, um, I guess, kind of take the lead on um, not overriding their program, but mm-hmm. more so just, you know, I might have things to add to it that I know, like someone like Brennan might need to work on that maybe they don't know because they haven't seen him as long. Okay. Or... Maybe, um, yeah, just, just kind of getting to know them on a personal level. Because it, it's hard to do that when you're training a whole team. Yeah, that was and my there's question. Multiple yeah. guy, there's a lot of guys that are coming up and down. And, you know, it's hard to know what's going to motivate each guy and maybe what their tendencies are in certain movements. Um, yeah. So it becomes, uh, I guess, difficult in a big setting for those strength coaches to kind of uh, figure it out. So they, they kind of just end up giving a a bit of like a broad program that's mm-hmm. not too specific, but they just know are good, solid exercises. Then I can kind of look at that and incorporate that into what I do and uh, maybe just add a few things and uh, modify here and there. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, it's kind of, you know, a lot of these guys come home with programs and um, most of them are good because these guys who are writing them, writing these programs are, you know, they're paid by a professional sports team. So they're good. Mm. Um but my job is to, I guess, kind of take a program like that and then just put my own spin on it because they also don't know what equipment we do or don't have. Um, so every setting is a little bit different and the programs will change. Like, for example, we have a lot of flywheel stuff. What's a flywheel? Um, it's basically like uh, little inertia plates attached to a pull belt. This is going to sound really science but <laughs> it's all good. It's, uh, instead of having a barbell, it's basically... it's. Um, it's basically you're attached to a belt that pulls you one direction and you pull it back the other direction. And, uh, it's okay. good for athletes cause it's just, you get really high force productions and stuff like that. So things like that, if I have one of those, yeah. I'm sure they would want them using it, uh-huh. but they don't know if, 
all of these guys that when they go back in the summer places have a fly, fly belt. Okay, right? I see so, what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. just things like that that um yeah, there's always modifications that I would make to one of those programs that I think would uh improve make it a stronger program. Okay, right? cool. Um between my equipment and then I guess my history with the with the athlete. Do you have so. conversation with the athletes that come to you? Uh, you know, let's say like a guy like uh, Batherson maybe wasn't happy with his, uh, his his first three steps coming out of the offensive zone for a back check, yeah. and he's worried about his positioning and his feet. Do you ever like just have have conversations with these guys and go, okay, well, what do you want to work on? What do you want to get better at? What's one thing you're looking to improve on next year? Do you ever do that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of communication at that level uh, when somebody's a professional between myself and um, the team strength coach, uh, because they have people that are analyzing all of these movements on and off the ice. Okay. So I have to then communicate with, um, with these coaches on what to improve and how to do it. Um, that's awesome. I love I, that. I love that you talk to them about that. That's the biggest thing I think is, is, uh, like, you know, I know, I know hockey, fairly well but I, i'm also not going to look at drake skating and say this is what exactly what we need and you know that's what his his skilled his skill coaches are for yeah um and then they might communicate that with me or their strength coach in ottawa and say um you know here's what uh here's what we need to do and how are we going to do it so it's down to a science these days man that, that's oh, crazy yeah. how many people are in communication just for one person like yeah well, not just one person, but multiple people. But you know what I mean? Like the communication level on the strength and conditioning coach with the skill coach in order to make one person more successful. And Talk that, about the time we live in. That's unbelievable. That's just the strength and conditioning aspect. Yeah. There's there's the nutrition, yeah, the physio, gonna... and all that stuff. So all of a sudden, you've got this one guy who has a team of, I don't know, 10, 15 people all caring for him to try to make him better. And um yeah, that's that's kind of what it takes nowadays, right? You can't really just go out on, uh, and do it all yourself. Uh, I yeah. guess you know, there's yeah, the, our bodies are you know fine-tuned machines, and when you get to that level, you really um, you know it's worth investing in it because someone like Drake, you know, could be signing a pretty big ticket, and uh, you know it, it pays off. I never thought of it from that perspective of the professional side of it like when i used to train it would just be like you know boys we're gonna go in for a little run you know we go just you know just you know yeah. you, you don't think of money i guess and you know i asked who did i ask this question to i asked i asked that a coach and he was a professional coach and i was like what's the difference between you know coaching and junior to the pro and the guys that are getting paid and he's like well i'm just i'm not a babysitter anymore yeah. guys are are it's their job i don't have to say hey boys curfew at 10 like you do whatever mm -hmm. you want yeah. you're a pro yeah exactly it's not um it shouldn't really come down to a, a factor of motivation. It's yeah. more about just educating and helping. Not so much like, you know, you guys better show up at nine o'clock and you know, it's no, they know that they don't have to, uh, you don't have to tell them. But how, how much fun is that though? You're, you're coaching horses. You're coaching guys that just want to get up and go. Yeah. Just put, giving them the right. Yeah. Just, I guess, giving them the right tools to succeed, but uh, they're all, they're all motivated and they know, I mean, every once in a while, I guess, you know, you might run into a situation where, somebody maybe lacks motivation and even last year to be honest you could ask any one of the guys that that i worked with last year man it made for a, a long off season i think we were i think some of the guys would have started in what probably april and we would have some of them wouldn't have gone back to to camp or to the teams until january or something right so they're grinding five yeah, days a week uh, yeah that's all yeah yeah like hour hour and a half workouts five days a week and it's just uh you know, I think most of them know that they have to grind it out for three or four months in the summer, typically, and they're ready to do that. But then when it goes to five months, six months, seven months, you know, they start to, uh, I think that was one time we, we had to, we had to go, we had to mix it up a little bit to keep things interesting. Like we were at the Dow field doing some stuff, uh, you know, like on a Monday morning and it's minus four degrees and we're just like, you know, this is what we got to do to keep it interesting and keep the guys motivated. But it's, at the same time, they're just, you know a little bit checked out, which you, you can't blame them. That's, that's pretty rough. Uh, I think all of them were just waiting to get back to their team. So yeah. sucks when you work your ass off and you're not able to show it like on the ice, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of them would have been ready in October. We kind of had to have them ready because we didn't know when the seasons were going to yeah. start. So as a strength coach, that's like a nightmare because you want the guys peaking and ready for, you know, a certain date and you work back from that date. But this last year it was like, all right, no peaking, but I'm just going to kind of keep you primed and ready to go at any given week. And, uh, 
you know, that's whenever we get the nod, they're going to go. But yeah. um, made it made it a little bit tricky. But again, you just you kind of had to yeah. figure out a way to uh, keep them keep them ready without burning them out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that time. There was a time where no one knew what was going on, and it could have came back like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it earlier too. You you said, uh, oh man, I, I think I forgot it now. But uh, you were asking about, um, I don't know, if, you know, I think it was. I'm just thinking of the like some of the pro guys that I worked with. Um, if you had asked them what kind of stuff. Like you, I think you mentioned like what what, kind what do of, they want to do? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you were to ask them what they want to work on, and I think it would be a little bit different than maybe what the team wants them to work on. Like yeah. there's always some guys who I think want to do whatever it's going to take to help them improve, and then there's some guys that yeah, you know, if you went on a Monday and you're like, what do you what do you guys want to do? You know, it's going to be like, you know, we're going to hit the bench press and we're going to hit the curls and that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, yeah. there's always uh you know, there's always going to be a handful of guys that I think just, uh, you got to kind of keep them on a, a leash. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but, but I think at the same time, they know what's good for them and yeah. what they need to do and they're, they're willing to do it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love the gym atmosphere. It's fun. I miss it. Especially with a group. Like your, your, your social media is great for that. I love watching all those guys together, work together. And I remember watching some of um, the younger guys train. I don't know where you were the other day. You guys were just outside. It was like Keon Bell in that group. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it might have been uh, in Bedford. Just uh, okay. There's like a little incline there, a small hill. And we, um, yeah, we just, it's good for like our speed, acceleration, stuff like that. So well, conditioning. I, I wanted to know like if, you know, whenever you see a young guy, maybe he has a lot of potential and. Like he, maybe he, uh, maybe he like takes a day off and maybe that pisses you off. I was wondering if there's any like little, like I know coaches, hockey coaches have little motivational tricks that they use back in the day. I didn't think they were tricks. I thought a coach yeah. was just pissed off at me and he motivated me to go do something. And I was wondering if there was anything that you ever did like psychologically to be like, okay, look, man, you have all this talent, but maybe you took today off. I was wondering like, do you ever go, okay, you know what? Come up with the pros today. Come see what these boys are doing. Do you ever yeah. do anything like that? Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, a lot of them are pretty motivated to begin with. Even the young guys, even the guys that are in midget and like are on the fence of making a Q team. Yep. Like you think those guys are even? I don't think it has to do with the age. I think it has to do with the guy, the individual. I have some Bantam, or I guess you 15 guys yeah. that would be uh, probably more driven and more motivated than some professional guys, right? Really? I don't think it's just. Uh, I think it's just in our DNA, right? Like how yeah. how kind of. Uh, how you're motivated or how motivated you are as an individual. But, um, at the end, yeah, like we have, I think that group that you might've seen in a photo or a video yeah. in particular, I, I kind of, there's a, there's a group that was, uh, under 15 and then kind of paired with a group that was under 18 and maybe a couple guys like Kian, who's a little bit, uh, who should be playing in the queue next year. Um, I, I got them to work as, as one big group. Basically, because there were one or two kids in the younger group that I said that do have a ton of potential. Yeah. And I think, um, I just turned my flashlight on. Oh, it's all good. Uh, but again, are maybe lacking a little bit of, um, eh, I don't know if motivation is the right word, but they just, it's it's detail at the end of the day. Like, yeah. if I'm saying I want you to do this and that, a lot of guys just nod their head and are kind of checked out. Mm -hmm. but, but, like, if you saw if you saw Sid or Nate or those guys in the gym, um, anytime they were, anytime they were inside the gym, you would see they're just, they're, they're so focused and everything is very specific in the detail. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest difference for, you know, the younger and the older or professional versus youth hockey players mm. is paying attention to the details. And I wanted those younger guys when they're training with some of the older guys to kind of see, look, like we're not just running through the motions here. Like there's, you know, be present and focus on what you're doing and pay attention. And yeah, you know, they'll work hard, but working hard with a purpose is way more beneficial than just coming in and yeah. working hard. Right. I want you to be present and, and focused. And that's, uh, I think that's something that some of those younger guys could have learned. Cause someone like, um, that group that I have, that's been training with me for, and since Pee Wee, um, those guys. So, um, 
uh, there's again there's five four four or five of them eh, five or six of them Mm -hmm. i guess that have been kind of with me for that long and uh they know you know they're always pretty tuned in and i just kind of wanted some of the younger guys to see you know just what it what it what it takes i guess and it's not that they don't work hard the younger guys but they just you know it kind of shows them look like these guys kind of set a good example for the younger ones. And I think it almost is good for the older guys too, because they're like, you know, these kids are kind of looking up to me and I, you know, I want to be setting an example and I don't want to be messing something up, you know, when, with these younger guys looking at me thinking, you know, so it kind of works both ways. I think. I thought it would have been like a discipline issue with the younger guys. I just think of myself and my friends back in the day and training was just starting to, yeah, just starting to be okay. Well, maybe I should start doing this because all these all these other guys are doing it. You didn't really know why you were doing it. You just knew that you had to because the pros were doing it. Yeah. And I always thought for myself it was a discipline thing. When I'm 15, 14, 16, 17 at that age, where you know I don't have to explain to you what's going on. You know, yeah. it's that age. And it, for myself, it was the discipline. It was okay. Are you really going to wake up, Justin, and go to the gym to potentially? make this it just wasn't in my head and i think that's a common trait between a lot of kids in that age group so that's that's what i always thought it was it was just the yeah. the, the, the discipline off the ice to be able to wake up sober and go to the gym and work your ass off in order to reach a dream that you might not know yeah. could come true that's what i was trying to get at yeah but if you have a group of motivated individuals that are that young i don't know if that's still a rare thing but if you're if they're in your gym power to you and power to them and power to everyone else that's being disciplined at that age group yeah you know yeah yeah i know what you mean uh, when i was that age like i was uh i was a, a decent hockey player but um nowadays they're they're playing they're doing stuff year round they're practicing year round they're training pretty much year round uh as soon as hockey season was done for me like i was i was done i didn't want to play yeah. i wanted to play soccer i wanted to golf uh you know i do that for four months then hockey would come back and i was kind of excited for hockey but like uh, i wouldn't have been I don't know. I, that's probably why I never went anywhere with hockey. But I was, <laughs> Same, yeah. You know, like I, I was ready to go, like go have some fun and play yeah. some some different sports and hang out with a different crew, and um, that's what I enjoyed. I don't think if if my dad said, you know, you got to stick to hockey or we're gonna play all year round this year, and you're gonna train, uh, yeah. I would have, I wouldn't. Well, maybe 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 I would have done it, but yeah. uh, I was never told to do that. I was always more, you know, he just wanted me to have fun and. Uh, you know, I ended up playing a lot of different sports and being somewhat com- competitive in every different, a lot of different sports, but yeah. never really kind of got yeah. got really good at one, right? Yeah. Uh, which I think for what I do now worked out, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's different for me because I, I'm not working with a lot of like, um, I guess like a lot of rec kind of athletes What's re- or that? Just, just like, like, like not, not uh, at the AAA level or not the kind of the highest level for their age group. So yeah. Um, it might be different in terms of the motivation and stuff like that. But I think if I started working with, um, some like U15 or U18A or B or maybe AA, I think you'd run into more of like a, a discipline issue and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of the, luck, luckily enough, man, a lot of the ones that I'm working with, I don't really have to babysit them. It's more just about awesome. showing them the right way. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of nice. Cause I didn't really sign up to be a, yeah babysitter yeah it's that's not really what i don't think that's what any strength coach really wants to do so yeah well your job is to motivate these guys what motivates you uh that's a good question i think like seeing a guy in his career kind of take the next step is you know if it doesn't have to be from the q to the nhl or the hl to the nhl or anything like that it's even just you know seeing a younger guy move from, you know, an A team to uh, a triple A AAA team because he put the work in, in the gym in the off season and did what he needed to do to get better. And then that shows the results show. Um, that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always work that way, but it's definitely rewarding knowing that, you know, you kind of help somebody reach their goal. Right. So as a strength coach or a personal trainer or anybody, I think that's kind of, you have to be passionate about that and that has to be something that you really, you know, strive for because, uh, that's, that's kind of what you, that's, that's your job, right? You're in the results business. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, for me, that's definitely something that you kind of strive for. I remember I saw, saw in a picture of you, I think it was with Luke Green when he was drafted to Winnipeg and he was in his Jersey. It's like, just like seeing a guy get drafted from your camp, like, 
when I was thinking of the question to ask it, I was like, I was hoping that would be the answer. It's just like seeing a guy, obviously, yeah, NHL's great, but just, you know, any role just going from A, double A, triple A, just getting a little bit better. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. And usually the, 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 the athletes are, you know, really quick to thank you and say, you know, like you, you really helped me get to the next level, but as a strength coach, you're really just like, you're just guiding them. You're not, you're not doing the work. They have to do the work. So a lot of the time, yeah, they don't realize that, look, look, I, I did very little. I just kind of wrote a few things down and you followed it and just guided you a little bit. Yeah. You did, you showed up every day, you worked your ass off for, you know, six, seven, eight hours every week. And, um, so yeah, they, yeah, it's, it's all on them. They could have chosen to take a day off yeah. or they, you know, so yeah, we have, I think sometimes as a strength coach, you think your role is, uh, I don't know. Some people just take credit, a yeah. little too much credit for what they do. Like really at the end of the day, it's, uh, what we do may help a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's just setting a foundation, I guess, for them to, to succeed and then they show up. And- I, th- I think that's a little bit part of your success. Like we, we've had, I don't know how many conversations we've had, but you're very, you're humble about the things that you do. You're very grateful. It seems like for the things that you're able to do, the relationships that you have, the, the, the job that you do and waking up and making people better. I think health and fitness is the, the biggest thing going right now in the world. And there's a lot of people doing it. My Instagram page is full of guys lifting weights and eating healthy and all that shit. Yeah. And it just seems like you're the type of guy who's very, uh, you're, like I said, you're just grateful for the opportunity that you're in. And, and I think that's a big part of your success and why guys trust you is because you're, you admit to that. I lay out the blueprint. Here's what you need to do. Work your ass off. And I'm not going to promise you'll be successful, but I can get you a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a closer shot of getting there. And I, mm-hmm. I like that about you. I like that, that, that stigma about you. It's, it's nice. It's, it's refreshing, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know? Well, it might be different than what you see on Instagram. I, I think well, hey, it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You, you, I think on there, you're trying to catch people's attention and be flashy. And, yeah. You know, someone I've always kind of uh, looked up to was Andy O'Brien. I don't know if you yeah, know him. Oh, I don't but, know him. I know of him. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he doesn't have much of a presence, a uh, huge presence on social media, and you're not going to see him, uh, you know, showing you how much he can bench yeah. press or jump around on balls or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, he just kind of goes about his business and, um, you know, he doesn't really have to do too much advertising or the work too much talks flashy on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, uh, the way I, I guess, try to go. I mean, I'm, I don't think I am too flashy, even if I wanted to be or tried to be. So I kind of just stick with what I got. And, um, yeah, someone like, Someone like Andy would be the kind of guy who I think would be, you know, for me, someone to kind of follow in their footsteps, look up to, and yeah. yeah. Have you ever had a conversation with Andy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah we we talk. Uh, I don't know when the last time I talked to him was. It would have maybe a few, maybe a month ago or something like that. But what do you uh, guys talk about? Um, I think he just last we talked about. He was asking about, um, you know, some of the some of his guys um, potentially coming in uh, throughout the summer and stuff nice. like that. So. Um, and then we had talked, um, a year ago, a little bit more about, there might've been an opportunity for me to, uh, to do some stuff up in, in Toronto and, uh, um, kind of help out there. But yeah, yeah, he, he'd been into the last gym I was working at there or owned, uh, he'd been around a lot. So kind of got to know him a little bit and just, uh, yeah, yeah. kind of kept in contact since then. He's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a great guy and obviously really good at what he does and have a ton of respect for him. So if you can ever kind of keep somebody like that around as, you know, uh, in your network. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's interesting because Sid trusts him with everything. And I guess he, when he, Sid always talks about him back in the, uh, what's the camp at PEI where they met? St. Andrews? St. Andrews. St. Andrews. Yeah. And he talked about how he was so different and, and how his uh, nutrition plan, I think he talked about the nutrition side of it Yeah. and how just different he was and, uh, this was also back when the the workout of hockey players started back in I don't know if God yeah. knows when. But I wonder I'm wondering what you think about that and the the evolution of, of diet and working out and exercise. You were just talking about a machine. I have no idea what the hell it was. Yeah. But do you ever yourself? Uh, I guess I don't know. Are you ever at your apartment trying to come up with new, almost like a skateboarder would try to come up with new tricks? Would you be at home trying to come up with new exercises? Uh, is that a thing? That's tough. Yeah, I mean. I almost kind of try to stay away from that. Why? I think like, 
at the end of the day, uh, you know, a lot of the basics and fundamentals work. So it's about like, just, just, you know, sticking to a plan and, and doing okay. that. Like there's a lot of unnecessary exercises out there on like, like on Instagram and stuff like that, that really look cool. Um, but you know, if you're, uh, I can't think of a great example off the top of my head here, but, um, you know, if you're just doing a, a regular lunge with a couple of dumbbells in your hand versus, you know, maybe you're balancing on a couple of balls or something like that, you know, there's, it, it, maybe it works. Um, but a lot of the times people like, I guess, have a tendency to overlook some of the fundamentals because, uh, I, I don't know, looks cool. Yeah. But yeah, sticking with something basic and doing it right, executing it properly. And then, um, we always talk about like loading parameters, not exercise selection, which means basically like if I'm squatting, a squat's a squat. It's not that I need a new exercise. It's that I need to program the parameters so that we're seeing progress, meaning like the tempo, the speed you're going up and down, the load, like how much weight you have on there, the rep schemes, the rest times, that kind of thing. So generally speaking, you should be, there's, there's exercises that work use those exercises and then monitor progress or try to improve adaptations by altering the parameters of that exercise, meaning, you know, changing those things that I just mentioned. Uh, it's not that the exercise itself needs to be different every week or something like that. So mm. I think generally we just kind of try to look for new things because a lot of people get bored. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're a professional athlete, like, you know, I don't really care if you're bored. Like, if this works, like, we got to do it. So stick with it. You know what I mean? Instead of, you know, saying, oh, let's try it this way or this way or this way and throwing a bunch of different crazy variations that probably aren't as effective as the original. Hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. There's certain things that I, I think, like, our bodies, we do adapt. We do adjust to things. So we need to be changing. But I just think sometimes we change the exercise from a good fundamental exercise into something that, um, is maybe unnecessary or maybe necessary for some people because again, like I said, they get bored. Mm. Um, but if if you're trying to become a professional athlete, I, you know you got to get past the boredom. You got to find a way to get you motivated and trust the process that this is going to work. And mm. we're gonna we're gonna be deadlifting for six weeks or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Flashy is is for some people, for people that maybe struggle with motivation and just want a, a new challenge um but we don't that's cool i try not to do you know too much of that stuff do you ever have to hold athletes back that want to work their ass off maybe a little bit too much you ever have to go whoa 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 you're right you did enough reps let's 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 that's all right let's, let's go um yeah sometimes i guess i think uh yeah i think some sometimes ever, people think that more is better, better but you know what if are you thinking about the future? Like what if, what what's tomorrow going to be like, you know, let's say like today we did a lot of lower body stuff and told a lot of the guys to go for uh, just like a light jog, uh, more so just to like work on a little bit of aerobic stuff and maybe like almost kind of flush the legs a little bit from the hard leg workout. So if they then all of a sudden start sprinting and stuff and their legs are dead, then, you know, have you thought about what we're going to do tomorrow? Like if I'm saying let's go, 50% for 15 minutes and you decide to go 80% and absolutely destroy yourself, then, you know, it might ruin what we're trying to do the next day or, you know, so there's always a plan in place. And there's some guys that I guess will think like, yeah, you know, I always have to do more reps until failure or I always have to max you know, out. Yeah. So is that a big part of your job though? It seems like an underrated part of your job. Just, yeah, it is. Like if, again, if you watch someone like, like Sid in the gym, you there's time, there's a time and place for everything, but you know, he's 33 and, he's 33. uh, you know, there's probably a time where he's pushing it in the gym, but right now in his career, he's, he's probably just trying to maintain, he's probably not going to try to get faster. Um, so it's, it's a different approach for someone like that. Um, but yeah, you definitely, there's, there's definitely a time to push it, but more isn't always better. And yeah, some guys that I train, yeah, definitely would would uh ask to do more or would do it i could i could say i want you to do five thousand push-ups today and some guys would would try to do it right so uh i think yeah as, again as you start to become a pro or at a, an elite athlete you kind of realize 
that there is a purpose behind what a lot of these coaches are telling you to do. And yeah, we can appreciate the motivation, but eh, it's not always better. Um, put that time and effort into, you know, into other things like your recovery or your nutrition or not drinking on the weekend or whatever it is. Right. Mm. So, um, cause yeah, there's some guys want to do more in the gym, but yeah, maybe they're better off doing less at the bar, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't that's know. True. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, I, the reason I asked that question is, is, is one because of uh, injury guys that come into the summer to work out and maybe they do have an issue with their knee or an issue with their shoulder and they think that maybe just getting uh, muscle around the injury will help I don't know yeah. the but uh, I, that's why I asked the question because there's some guys that could come in be injured want to be healthy for tr- training camp in September August and you have to go whoa 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 let's relax here for yeah. a second that's why I asked the question yeah that comes up quite a bit I think with with a lot of the hockey players that I work with it's um, I think th- it's changing now, but maybe when you and I played, you know, we did not, th- I don't know about you, but I didn't really train for hockey until I- I'd go into the, the Mount A weight room and do a couple of curls on my days off, or maybe even on game day that I didn't, you know, I, yeah. it wasn't hockey training. It was yeah. just meathead training. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Injury. Injuries, muscle. Yeah. Guys pushing it. Um, I think we were kind of in our generation were we're taught to maybe work through things a little bit and maybe almost like hide some injuries. Like I can remember hide wh- injuries. Well, when I like, I don't know when I broke my collarbone in a game, I went back to the bench and I, you know, my, I could tell something was wrong and the coach asked me to move it. And I remember like, you know, moving my shoulder around and I was just like, you know, I could feel it. And I, but I, I wanted to play and I was like, yeah, I'll give it another go. And went out there and the coach could see that on the face, like I lost face off, like, dropped my stick out of my hand and he was like you know like let's look at that shoulder and then looked at it and uh i went to the dressing room and yeah it was the collarbone was broken so it was you know and and from there you know i feel like if you're if you're training with a team and stuff like you just kind of have a tendency to want to not talk about the injury because you don't you either want to play or you don't want people thinking you're a little soft or whatever but now i think guys are a little more educated in the sense that they you know this coach is trying to help me and if I can't do this because my knee hurts, I'm going to tell him because it might be making it worse. Right. So, uh, hockey has that culture of, I I think, yeah, yeah, just kind of playing through things, which is a great attitude. Like it it is, but at the same time you want to be, you want to be smart about it. If it's something that, you know, could hurt you in the long run, uh, you know, you might want to tell your, your Mm -hmm. coach about it. Right. So, um, yeah. And other sports are different and sometimes it's even the other way. Sometimes I have some guys that will, you know, keep talking about a little injury that's probably irrelevant and they're probably fine and just push through it. Right. So as a strength coach, that's tough to know, you know, where that line is. Like, should I be pushing him through it or Mm. should I be pulling him back from it? Right. So, uh, that's where you got to, again, communication between other coaches and physio and Cairo or doctors, whatever. Right. I just think of a guy like in a contract year and it's, you know, it's just like, do you tell anyone or do you just fuck? You know, it's like, honestly, like some guys like might be safe with you and, you know, let's say you got a guy in Nashville and calls you, look, Pat, like I'm injured. I'm not telling anyone, but has that, just tell me, has that ever happened? Like a guy that didn't want to tell his staff or anything uh, like that? No, I can think of, I can think of one player who maybe wasn't like fully disclosing the injury to like a, you know. Staff member? Yeah. To It was a pretty big event that he didn't want to miss. Yeah. Um, that was probably huge for his career. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like. No, I mean, yeah. I'm saying like guys it. have trust with you. Is all I'm saying. Like guys trust you and listen to your opinion. And if they don't trust the, not that they don't trust the team, but they would just rather your opinion than let it out to someone else. I'm just, I yeah. just feel like that would be more, uh, more. I feel like that would happen a lot more. And if it doesn't, hey, it, it doesn't. I don't. know. Who am I to say? Yeah, it does. I think I'm also not like, if I if there's guys in the NHL like they're not they're not texting me being like, hey Pat, like this is this yeah. is what's up. They're yeah. they're gonna talk to. They're going to talk to the, the guys on the team, I okay. think. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. But sometimes you hear of some things through people that you might know um, happen that maybe isn't getting fully disclosed. But, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. They've got a big network of people there to help them. So Good. Yeah. Um, thoughts on – well, I was going to say thoughts on stretching, but I'm going to switch it and go uh, thoughts on yoga. You're a strength coach, so yep. you, but are you – you're big – like what do you think about yoga? Um, for hockey players or for anybody? No, just in general. In general? Yeah. Um, I think it's good. 
<laughs> think, it's not uh, great. It's just no, it's, no. It's I not... think it is good. I mean, um, it really depends on the person. I think if you only did yoga, you're probably missing out on some things that you know could benefit you. Yeah. Um, but I think for the average person, they will benefit greatly from yoga okay. and athletes as well. Um, I just think there needs to be to be healthy. You probably need something a little bit more uh like some form of resistance training in yoga you don't get a lot of that but um yeah so many people are limited with their movement that uh it can teach you a lot of a lot of things and it can definitely help like i'm not huge on we don't do a ton of static stretching i don't know if you know what, what i mean what's but, that uh like you know if you're uh laying on the floor like holding your leg up and stretching your hamstring uh for you know like trying to get it above your leg a minute type, or yeah, two yeah, at a time yeah, like yeah. we don't do a lot of static stuff we do more like that would be the difference, I guess, between like mobility work and then like static stretching. Yoga kind of involves, uh, they hold some poses and stuff, but you know, a, a good yoga session for most people would involve like some type of flow where you're moving, you know, changing positions, um, and maybe again, holding slightly, but yeah, that, that kind of movement is something that a lot of people just lack. So, uh, we do stuff in the gym all the time that I wouldn't probably call it yoga, but it's the same concept yeah. it's about moving um in different joint angles and just things that you otherwise day-to-day -day wouldn't get and uh when you lift weights and when you move around and stuff you uh you can create sometimes imbalances or um there's certain areas that are gonna uh, shorten uh, and get tight um so yeah things like yoga or, yeah i think i think everybody should be doing well yeah, i think most people should be doing yoga regularly mm -hmm. Um, just depends on what your goals are, but yeah, it can definitely be good for injury prevention and not just injury prevention, but, uh, like certain movement patterns and moving in certain directions and stuff like that. If, if we can't get into certain positions, you're going to be lacking the ability to, uh, change directions or, you know, produce force and stuff like that. So, yeah. Why, why are hockey players so big on, um, hip mobility? I think it's just, if you look at. I remember I was at a, a conference in Colorado for uh, like a hockey training clinic and they showed an overhead view of what it, what our hip does when we skate. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the motion of a skating stride, I think we look at it and we think like it's just kind of straight back, but like what our hips does, it, it's like there's a lot of movements there that you wouldn't really suspect. So hockey players in general have really tight hips because uh, – well, first of all, if you're skating in that position for so long, like anything, if you sit, if you if you're in one position for too long, uh, you're gonna be deficient in moving in any other direction. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely like if you're if you look at that skating stride, your your hips are kind of where you're crouched a bit. So there's a bend in our hips, a bend in our knee. So, and that's a, a position that they're in a lot. So when you go to actually stand up, yeah, everything kind of has to stretch because you're used to in like sitting in a being sure. in a, a, a crouch position right so okay. um hip mobility for them i think has to do with overuse of those that same movement through uh skating stride uh but then also that the skating position itself is uh like you're short in your hip flexors because they don't need to be long because everything is bent so then when you go to stand up everything lengthens mm. right but if you're in that position for so long i think uh yeah there's that and then the glutes when you're skating you use a lot of your butt yeah right so um there's definitely a lot of guys that are going to get overworked and, and tight there so it's uh it's not just like a one word answer but it's basically like there's different variables that i guess cause it but it's definitely true like hockey players are always talking about their hips always talking about other their people hips. are too but um hockey is always always hips and i think it's almost just like the thing to say too like i don't move well it's my hips you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, is it or what yeah. like what's going on it is um but yeah no i you, you hear that a lot for sure yeah, yeah. i hear it all the time oh i need my hips my hips i got to stretch my hips i got my hips need to be good hip 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 yeah. it's always about hips yeah well i mean most of them probably have a point but well yeah, yeah. i i always like i I think about uh, the NHL and like the uh, the or not the yeah sure I'll say the NHL but like the uh, the age group of the NHL and the professional player from uh, the time they're playing from the time they retired and I don't know the average player what now is like twenty eight years old in the NHL 
and I think of uh, I think of longevity. I love longevity. I love the keys to longevity, whether it's in business, a relationship, an athlete. I just fucking love longevity. And uh, I, I just wanted to know what you think your key is to longevity, to being uh, not even a, a professional hockey player, just a, a professional athlete. Because there's, there's so the, the the world of a professional athlete is so complicated now with with diet, with workout, with everything that comes into play. I just want to know if you could give a couple a, a couple tips to maybe people that are listening when they're looking into a, a career in athleticism and, and when it comes to longevity. What do you think would would help? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I think the hard part, why people maybe, um, I mean, it's hard to see or to plan that far ahead in your life. Like, if, you know, if you're a 15-year-old kid, you just want to get better now so that you can take the next step. And, you know, you're not really planning to be a, an NHL. Yeah. Well, you might you might want to be an NHL player, but you're not taking the steps immediately to maybe, uh, like, there's definitely, there's a lot that goes into it. But I think for longevity, like, yeah, it's all about, I mean, working in the gym is great, but there's a lot to do outside of that. Like, I mean, I feel like everybody talks about this, but nutrition, uh, recovery, um, these play a big role in longevity of everybody. But for athletes, you know, that's why we say, like I said earlier, like more isn't always better. Like there's a time and a place to push really hard for sure. Uh, but you can't do that every day. There has to be some type of periodized, like long-term periodization that is conducive to like i guess forward momentum right um whereas we have a tendency to just kind of you know look a month at a time and maybe just this month i'm going to absolutely kill myself and i'm going to run this many kilometers or do this and you know when you look at the big picture there needs to be a plan in place and there needs to be like a long-term plan yeah like for sure you 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 need like if you're training for a a career in the NHL, like you might not be looking 20 years down the road, but you need to look at each year and say, you know, when am I going to train hard? When am I going to, like, I need to go through different phases of, you know, intensity of exercise and, you know, the sleep and all the recovery tools and stuff might change a little bit too. But yeah, I think long-term planning and um, like modifications along the way, or I guess certain adaptations um, so that you're not just, grinding it out you know 110 percent every day seven days a week right mm. um yeah it's it's great to work hard and to push yourself but there needs to be some kind of purpose and long-term goal to it um yeah i, I don't know if that really answered your question no, it, but, did, it did <laughs> it just yeah. sounds brutal like just a long-term plan for your body it doesn't sound fun yeah but yeah you know i i I get it. Like that's why you know it's it's hard for guys to have career like ten year careers in the NHL. It's a rare thing these days. Yeah. But I guess some of the guys that are willing to sacrifice and put in the work, or not put in the work, just sit at home and you know, eat yeah. right, sleep, go to bed. You know, do the right things. I think yeah, just yeah, trust. The other thing would be to like hire somebody that's good and trust that they know what they're doing and um, kind of buy into their whole system because uh, look at someone like. I don't know, Tom Brady or LeBron James or someone like that. Like if you don't think that they, if you think they're doing this all by themselves, like you're crazy. Like they have a team of people that are, yeah. you know, helping them year round. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a plan in place for those guys. They're not just winging it from month to month being <laughs> like, ah, you know, yeah, there's, there's a plan there for sure. Some of those guys, like you, like Tom Brady, what he's doing, even LeBron. I think LeBron was hurt this playoffs. He didn't look. But nonetheless, just seeing at the age that they're at, like you look at Dwayne Wade, I'm pretty sure Dwayne Wade and LeBron are the same age. When did Dwayne Wade retire? Three years ago? Yeah. It's just, it's incredible to see what LeBron is doing with that physique. Yeah, like it's just, incredible. like I'm, I don't want to throw him under the bus here, but I I play golf with a guy um, like every Friday and he's my age and he always jokes and says like his, his body is shutting down and uh, it's, it's probably true. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah. Like he's, he doesn't eat the best and maybe maybe a little <laughs> bit overweight and uh you know it's um it just goes to show you like man you really what you put in is is what you're gonna get out like look at like LeBron is older than older than us and and uh look what he's doing with his body every day like it's crazy and then you go and look at somebody like like my buddy here and he's he's just like you know gets wind and pushing his golf cart up to the green like it's uh it's just uh, it's it's crazy how you can look and feel so different at 
33. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're like an athlete who's taking care of their body versus somebody yeah. who has literally done the complete opposite, right? So. <laughs> I bet that guy had more fun though. He's having more fun in life. The he, guy. He definitely. <laughs> he's definitely having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Keon Bell, and he wanted me to ask you how was golf uh, the other day. <laughs> I don't know what that means. How was that? So he, yeah, yeah. What? I knew this would come up. <laughs> what? Uh, well, we had a little, we had a little match and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a high low match. Have you ever heard of that? No. No, nah, it's, it's, you're in, you foursome and then there's two guys against the other two guys. Okay. So Kean and, uh, Foster, Luke Foster were on a team together and then me and, uh, Wagner, Mitchell Wagner, who they all play for the Subs. Okay. Well, Kean. Cape Breton. Um, so yeah, I got them up to Glen Arbor and we just we just had a little match and uh yeah, Kean likes to think that he contributed to his team win and that uh yeah, I think he, he felt pretty good about his game. Uh finished with a birdie on eighteen and oh. all of a sudden he thinks he's he's big shit. But uh <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure like I, I don't know for sure because we stopped keeping score because it was yeah. getting up there for those guys. So. Oh boy. So with Keen, Shots yeah, fired. I don't know. I, he probably would have been, he probably would have broke a hundred, but um, that's not good enough. You got to break at least ninety to yeah, talk a little. Yeah, but bit. you know, at the end of the day, the, his team won, so he thinks that that's. It's kind of like if you're the, you know, the third string goalie on an NHL, like a Stanley Cup winning team. <laughs> that's you know, what he you still get a ring, right? So that's that's kind of Keen. So we'll we'll have to come out. We'll come out with you boys. We'll be the judge. We'll see what's up. Let's do it. All right, um, Pat, man, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, you're the man. I wish you the best with all the training this summer. I know all the NHL guys are going to be pumped to be in your gym training. Not even NHL, junior, just everybody. You got a good brand, good personality, good things going for you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Hey, man, no worries. Yeah, all right. I'm glad to see you guys growing too. So. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, do you want to plug anything? Social media, gym, anything you want to plug? Last minute's yours. Uh no, honestly, like I'm just, I'm just trying <laughs> yeah, to encourage yeah, people yeah, to yeah. get out there and uh, you know stay active because of this. This it is it is tough, but uh, you know at the end of the day, don't worry about too much about what you're following. Just uh, get out there and do it. Yeah, awesome. All right, everyone, we are out. Peace. Thank you. Alone, every night alone. Why am I alone? I don't know that you want me to. Am I wrong? Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me I deserve all the pain that you put me through oh. I really hate that I give a fuck Pressing my line, I don't wanna pick up We know enough will never be enough I play hard to catch, she keep calling my bluff Baby, diving deeper and deeper She don't believe me when I tell her that I need her Guess I should've stayed where I belong Cause once you make it back to your happy home Oh, I'm alone, every night alone Why am I alone? Oh, don't you want me to? Am I wrong? Tell me that I'm wrong Tell me I deserve all the pain that you put me
Baby, you remind me of my dream.